Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. It's always great to have this man coming on um, and just sharing this, the Nuggets, uh, one of the sharpest minds in footy, is Mick McGowan. He's been good enough to jump on with us again. Mick, hello, mate. Hello, Sam. Hey, uh, just a quick question for you. I'm, I'm likening this to the game having won Tats Lotto. And what would you spend the money on if you were to win Tats Lotto? Well, the game has. So you spent a lot of... And we've got a lot of people talking about grassroots footy and country footy and, and, and it's just not getting what it needs at the minute. Um, if... If you were in charge of the purse strings after a windfall like that, where's the money best spent? Where are the priorities for you in the game that need investing in? Oh, junior programs. Yep. Uh, particularly at grassroots level because I feel that the ageing population and the declining population that's becoming, when you talk volunteer database, I'm just not sure where the volunteers are going to come from in years to come if they don't get it right and get the right support around them. Yeah, AFC Cup level, under-16 um, pathway programs. They clearly need the next generation players of players coming through with the coaching side of it uh, being a priority. So these young kids at 8, 9, 10, 11, even from Auskick at 7 and 8, uh, get the right fundamentals adopted from an early age. Otherwise, the product in 10 or 12 years' time mightn't get better. Yeah, couldn't agree more. The pathways is such an important thing. And coming from Bendigo, it, it concerns me that we are having so few players drafted when there's such a, a wide-ranging catchment zone um, that the pioneers have um, to, to sort of find players in and, and, and pick them from. And um, and I wonder if it's the same for the Murray Bush Rangers. Certainly not a problem for the Geelong Falcons. But, um, yeah, that's another little area. So, a, you know, a, a real deep dive into the pathways. I think it's a, a fantastic idea, Mick. Um well, the other thing about it, Sam, too, is, uh, well, we can hear this. I think those that are in those positions at either THC Cup level, whether it be Western Jets or Calder Cannons or Oakley Chargers or Murray Bush Rangers or Bendigo Pioneers, those people that are given the responsibility to find the next group of talented players don't just rely on phone calls to the respective clubs to find out who that talent pool is because generally most... People in those positions, whether it's a secretary they contact, they might give out um, the son of a player that's good friends with that family, uh, their own son, and that might necessarily necessitate the best talent in the club. Get off your backsides and come out to local footy and find the grassroots players that could be the future of the game. I don't think that's happening nowhere near enough. Uh, They sit in their chairs in high places and they're not prepared to get on the roads to go and see as much talent as they should for the future of the game to prosper. Yeah, I mean, I remember as a kid, we used to wait every year for the letters. There used to be letters that you'd get asked to come and train, and you're always baffled. It's like, how come that bloke didn't get a, a letter? I've played junior footy against him the whole way through. He's the best player that I've, I've seen in junior footy, yet no letter. So, yeah, th- there's a bit of work to do um, with the pathways as well. Um, 
What did you make of week one uh, of the finals before we speak about week two? Oh, I just thought the four games were magnificent. They all had different uh, bit of twists and conversations around the results and why certain teams won, why certain teams lost. You talk about the arc decision with the Tom Lynch goal. Uh, that was a shock to me, I must say. Um, I don't know the evidence that the ARC review officer went to because what my screen was showing it was quite inconclusive. We've probably grown to adopt that what the umpire's call is. That stands if there's not conclusive evidence to change it. Uh, that was a surprise. Brisbane, full credit to them. I just knew that it would be a controversial topic that was going to be discussed as opposed to the game, and it's still going on, and rightfully so. So I hope that gets tidied up because I know Richmond is sort of investigating to any you know, real deep lengths to make sure that if they're seeing something that the fans aren't seeing, let's get it on the screen. So that discussion gets put to bed pretty quickly. Uh, but full credit to Brisbane. Uh, they got the result. Uh, they've advanced into a final situation against an adversary that's monstered them the last couple of times they play, that being Melbourne. I thought the Collingwood and Geelong game was simply magnificent from a contest standpoint. Collingwood to have 85 tackles and the pressure they applied really challenged the catch. But I think what we witnessed in that game, Geelong with a new mode of going forward and taking risks rather than being safe and tempo, control-type game, kick mark, I think they found a way on the back of that new adopted style in offence and that got them over the line in the end. Also some incredible ball handling skills late by... Um, Cam Guthrie and also Mitch Duncan, which eventually released the ball back to Duncan to kick the camera and he got it to Rowan and handball to Holmes. Uh, that was just incredible, that passage of play under the pressure that Collingwood through Pendlebury and others were applying. And then obviously the Sydney uh, performance against Melbourne was just incredible. Uh, the most honest two-way running team in the competition. They run hard to spread you in offence, but if they do turn it over their immediate ability to reference a dangerous opponent or cover dangerous space is a highlight, hence the reason as to why there was a lot of rush plays for Melbourne going inside forward 50 and their efficiency was poor as a consequence of that. Uh, they'll have to master that this week against Brisbane, which I think they'll get plenty of opportunities to do so. And then obviously the big one was Fremantle giving up a 41-point lead but finding a way to get back into the contest merely through a couple of players, I felt, uh, the two midfielders in Brayshaw and Saron were simply outstanding. They got to work. They rolled their sleeves up. And I think as a group in their forward half, they got their front half game going after a slow start. And there was some unsung heroes in that result because of what they did off the ball. So, speaking to Mick McGowan, um, Mick, so now Melbourne-Brisbane on Friday night. So Melbourne with real question marks on their ability to score the connectivity, it's been a constant thread throughout the year. They were able to fix it with about six rounds to go last year and then they were brilliant and brutal during the finals, as we know, to get to a grand final. It's been the issue that still hasn't really been put to bed this year. It reared its head again against Sydney. They had more inside 50s than the Swans. Uh, their efficiency going inside is a real issue. They're relying on their contest game from their midfield uh, and their defensive structure, which is the best in the competition, to, to get them through. And Brisbane looking to beat a bogey team that's beat them up twice this year at a venue they haven't won at since 2014. So there's a bit going on for both. Yeah, there is. And you've nailed it, Sam, with uh, Melbourne. They operated at score per inside 50 last week at 33.9%, which was their fourth worst of the year. Yep. Uh, that must change um, going into this week's game. And I think the aspect 
of what's generally been great for Melbourne over the last 18 months or so is their turnover game. Now, they generated 31 forward half intercepts, which was the second most of the year last week against Sydney. And when you generate that many, which is above the season average, you generally have a great capacity to score from those forward half intercepts, but they only managed to score 22 points, which was really disappointing. That comes down to decision-making, also ball use, the pressure they were put under through Sydney's intent to get the ball back as quickly as possible, made hurried decisions, and I just think they lacked composure. I think there was a bit of self-preservation with a couple of players. Jakey Melchin probably missed a handball. He goes inside 50 at Senar forward, gets it smothered, had a couple of shots at goal that he missed. You've got to take your chances to add to that merit of creating forward half intercepts. And the other big one for me was the turnover source, which is the number one source in scoring in AFL footy or any footy for that matter. Their points from turnovers last week were only five goals, mm. which was the third worst for the season. I think it was about, was it about three game. points in the back half, in the second half? About three points yeah, from well, turnover in the... Yeah, it was very low. And what about the Lions, Mick? Turnover, which was alarming, um, was 40 points, 40 points. allowing Sydney to score 70 points from turnover is something we don't see from Melbourne. So that aspect would clearly be addressed internally this week because they must rediscover that against Brisbane. And the Lions? Uh, the Lions, well, I thought they were pretty good in terms of their four-and-a-half game. They didn't manufacture as many four-and-a-half intercepts as what um, Melbourne did last week. They only had 19, and that's on the back of Hipwood and um, Danaher not providing great forward 50 pressure at times. Generally, they don't add to that intercept opportunity. But what they did when they created those intercepts, they punished Richmond when they went back inside 50. Uh, they scored 41 points, which is an incredible number on the back of the low number they did create. So as much as they did generate low numbers of intercepts for their front half game to look look strong, um, they just had incredible scores from those intercepts they created. I don't think that'll happen against Melbourne on Friday night. The aspect they have to get right, I think, is their stoppage game. Because if Melbourne take control with Gorn being the number one ruckman, I think Goodwin will probably put him to start the game rather than what he did last week starting in forward when he picked up when Rampy picked him up and allowed Jackson to be the number one ruck. Brisbane have obviously got a serious decision to make. Do they bring in Darcy Ford or do they go with that hybrid makeshift ruck combination in Danaher and McStay like they did last week, which probably threw a spanner in the works for Richmond, but it was very, very enterprising and it worked to great effect. But against the Jackson and Gorn combination, I don't think it'll be as effective. I'm expecting them to dominate stoppage, uh, win ball from stoppage, get it in and get, generate great territory and on the back of that maybe create good score from stop their stoppage game, which where I think Melbourne will gain a clear advantage. Collingwood and Frio, Saturday night, MCG, going to be massive. Um, they pulled the rabbit right out of the hat, Fremantle. And Collingwood, I think, won more admirers for the way in which they played against Geelong than they did maybe even in the wins that they were able to come from behind in. Um, who wins and why in this one for you, Mick? Uh, I'm going with the chaos game. Um, We'll see contrasting styles between these two teams. Collingwood love chaos, want the ball in motion, and invite their pressure game to disrupt ball movement and efficiency with the ball against any opposition they play. And we witnessed that last week when they put enormous amount of pressure on Geelong, particularly in the early stages of the game. And I don't reckon they got the right bang for buck with the amount of dominance they had. But full credit to the Cats, the way they responded and absorbed that pressure, matched that pressure, um, really got their contest work up to a standard that troubled Collingwood. And on the back of that, they etched out a victory. But against the Fremantle, if Collingwood apply that great pressure here at the MCG in a capacity-filled ground, 
the noise will certainly uh, be in favour of the Collingwood fans or whatever, uh, Collingwood players with the amount of Collingwood support they'll have. And I think uh, the Chaos game will work, win out as much as I admire Fremantle for what they've done uh, this year. I just think this is a different um, probably type of game that they're used to. I go back to that round 10 game when it was wet and cops come off the ground. Uh, Henry, who was a medical sub, got on the ground and kicked four goals. It was quite influential in that six-goal victory back then. It was all about the pressure of that game in those conditions. Fremantle struggled to adapt to it, whereas Collingwood loved it. And I think there'll be no different in this particular contest. I'm expecting the Pies to win quite comfortably, to be honest. Mick, always love getting your insights. Uh, thanks so much for sharing it with us. You get a great response off the text every time. A lot of Bombers supporters saying, can you go through the process at Essendon for them, please? Um, mate, we'll speak to you again soon. Enjoy this week of finals. Enjoy, Sam. Good on you, mate. Take care. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.